Bibles tonight, I want you to be turning to the book of Luke, chapter number 7. It is a privilege to stand here tonight. It is a privilege any time the Lord gives a man of God an opportunity to preach the gospel. I appreciate Brother David and the invitation that he gave us to be in these services. And I look forward to hearing Brother John and hearing the Rochesters. I appreciate the Rogers family. They have been a friend to us, to our family, for many, many years. And I just love to hear them sing. If we could just get Kim to learn to play that piano, they could really sing. But uh, I appreciate their willingness, and it's just good to be here. I want you to look with me at verse number 36. If you're willing and able, would you stand at the reading of his word? And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. It didn't make any difference if it was the home of a publican or a sinner. Or whether it was the house of a Pharisee. Our Lord took advantage of every opportunity to preach the gospel. And behold, A woman in the city which was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And stood at his feet behind him weeping. And began to wash his feet with her tears. And did wipe them with the hairs of her head. And kissed his feet. And anointed them with oil. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman 
This is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said, Unto Simon I have somewhat to say unto thee, and he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and saith unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil, thou didst not anoint, but this woman, hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that set it meet with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee. Go in peace. You can be seated tonight. I want to introduce this text by making this statement. This woman who came to Jesus and anointed his feet and wiped them with her hairs did not come to be forgiven. She came because she was already forgiven. You say, preacher, I don't know if I agree with that statement or not. Well, look at what Jesus said to Simon. 
about the two creditors. The one owing 500 pence and the other owing 50 pence. And he said he frankly forgave them both when they had nothing to pay. And he says to Simon, which one of them will love him the most? And Simon said, I suppose the one who has been forgiven the most. And Jesus turns to the woman and says to Simon, I came, you gave me no water to drink. You gave me no water to wash my feet. But this woman with her tears has not ceased to wash my feet. She is expressing her love for the Savior not to be forgiven, but because she has already been forgiven her sin. Salvation is not earned. It is not merited. It is by grace through faith. And when Jesus said to her in verse 50, he said unto the woman, thy faith hath saved thee. He didn't say that her love or expressions of love had saved her. He said, thy faith hath saved thee. So I want you to realize she is not coming to the Lord to get forgiveness for her sins. She has already been forgiven and she must go to the Savior and worship Him and adore who He is. Two three things I'll say and not be long. Number one, I want you to notice the life of this woman. The life of this woman. It is indicated in two verses of this text tonight. Verse number 37 says that there was a woman in the city which was a sinner. And Simon, uh, uh, thinking in himself, uh, said if this man were a prophet, uh, he would have known who uh, and what manner of woman this is uh, that toucheth him, uh, for she is a sinner. This li- the life of this woman uh, has been tainted by sin. Her life has been impaired by sin. It appears by the word sinner 
that uh, this woman uh, was uh, uh, having a reputation uh, of being a sinner. Uh, She was well known uh, in the community. Uh, She uh, was known for her uh, lifestyle, uh, unashamed uh, of her profession uh, and her immorality. Uh, She had been tainted uh, by sin. But I want to say tonight, when you think about this woman, don't uh, put yourself on a pedestal. For if you were sitting on a church pew, raised in the house of God, and were unsaved, you were just as lost as this woman who had been tainted by sin. I don't care if you get shot in the heart with a 22 and it doesn't bleed and there's of entry. It doesn't make any difference if you're shot with a 20 gauge shot and blown everywhere. Both are dead and have no life. I was just as lost as a nine and a half year little boy as this woman was tainted by her sin. I was also under the condemnation of sin myself. You see, iniquity had blackened her. Transgression corrupted her. Sin had polluted her. Evil controlled her. Wrong had defiled and damaged her. Wickedness had marred her. Ungodliness had ruined her. Trespass had marked her. Vice had infected her. Immorality had shamed her. Lust had smeared her. Her whole life had been tainted and marred by sin. She had been convinced that life consisted of pleasure, passion, and prosperity. She was tainted by sin. But I'm glad the story did not end there. Because the life of this woman was also touched by the Savior. Somewhere she had heard about Jesus. Somebody had told her about the Lord. Somebody had informed her that a man called Jesus was passing by. 
and she came in contact with the Lord. Do you remember that Sunday morning when you came in contact with the blessed Savior? When you realized that he loved you and died for your sin and the Holy Ghost convicted your heart, your life was touched, your life was enlightened by the Spirit of the Lord and the conviction of word. I remember that night when the Lord shined his light on my life. Her life came in with a blessed Lord. But her life was not only tainted by sin and touched by the Savior. But her life is also transformed by salvation. This lady is not the lady that she used to be. Simon didn't know about it, but Jesus did. And tonight, uh, her life had been change. Do you remember the difference that came in your life? That blessed eye you cried and he heard and saved you from sin. Hey, he took you out of this world. He put you in the church house. He made a change dramatically and radically in your life. I say hallelujah. What a difference since Jesus has passed by. The Bible said, therefore, if any man be in Christ... He is a new creature. Behold, all things are passed away and all things are become new. Do you remember when he put all that behind you and put everything out in front of you? Uh, You remember when you had no hope, but when you got up, hope was living in your heart. He made the change. You say, preacher, how do you know that this woman had been changed? Well, think with me for a moment. Take a look at her hands. What a difference her hands have become. You see, her hands, which once had been used in her profession to tempt young men, now is holding an alabaster box of ointment. Her eyes, 
which were once used to lure and seduce men to immorality now are flowing uncontrollably with gratitude and thankfulness. Her face, which once had been painted with the temptation to sin, now has rivers of tears furrowed in her cheeks and they're dropping down onto his feet. Think about her hair once plaited and adorned to draw her suitors to wickedness and evil now have become a tale of humiliation and worship as she wipes the Savior's feet. I say hallelujah. What a change has come in her life. I just believe when you get saved, there's a difference in your life. But secondly tonight, I want to say something about the love of this one. Because all that she is doing is expressing her love to the Savior. She knows what kind of reception she is walking into. She knows the environment is going to be as thick as a fog. And you could cut it with a knife as soon as she was seen in the house. But it made no difference to her. She wasn't looking at nobody else. All she could see was the Savior who had forgiven her her sins and had changed her life for time and eternity and tonight it would do us good to come to meetings like this and to come to church on the Lord's day not looking at anybody else but having our eyes focused on a Savior who loved us and died for our sin and express our gratitude and our affection Toward him. I want you to note the tenderness of her love. The Bible said in verse 38 that she came behind his feet weeping. The word for weeping there is a word that means she could not help herself. She could not control the flow of her tears. 
She could not turn them on. She could not turn them off. She uh, was tender before the presence of the Lord. Now Jesus was not sitting at a table like you and I. He was rather, uh, uh, his body was laying long ways at a low table. Uh, He was propped up on one side. His feet uh, were out uh, uh, from him and she came up behind him. Uh, And the tears fell from her cheeks uh, onto the very feet uh, of the Son of God. I say that's the first thing that got his attention was when the drop of those tears fell on his feet. She could not help herself. God, forgive us for coming to church with an old hard heart and a cramped attitude and mad at each other. Want to come to the house of God with a broken heart and glad that God forgave us of our sins. Her love is tender. But her love bears a testimony. You see, her love tonight was uninformed. Have you ever thought what she knew about Jesus? Did she know that he was truly the Son of God? Did she know that there was a Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost? Did she know know that he was going to die and resurrect again? She didn't know a lot of those things. All she knew is she had been forgiven her sin. And she couldn't help herself. And how dare us, knowing what we know about the Son of God, come to church with an old attitude of callousness and unmoving attitudes, we ought to crawl in and crawl out. The house of God, and knowing what we know about our Savior, that he died and was buried and rose again, and one day he's coming back for you and I. She didn't know all about him. But it didn't make any difference. It was love unbridled. She didn't hold back anything. She broke that alabaster box. A year's worth of wages. Now you think. 
For some people, that's $100,000. Of course, that ain't what I make. But, but for some, she gave it all. She gave it all. She didn't hold back anything because it was love unbridled. But it was also love unspoken. She never said one word. If she did, you show it to me in the text. Her actions speak louder than words could ever speak. It would help me to do less talking and more worship at the house of God. And I want to make a confession tonight. I have never reached the height of what this woman reached. I never had. I want to. It's in my heart. But honestly, I have never been on the elevation of this woman's worship of our Savior. I'm ashamed of that. And how dare me come to his house and disregard him and never show my love to him. How dare us hold grudge one another when our Savior deserves unadulterated worship when he ought to receive gladness and joy and appreciation for what he has done for our life. This woman worshiped the Lord on a level that probably none of us have ever been. but help me to break my alabaster box. Help me to get there in my life. You see, we love much because we're forgiven much. The more we realize he, how much he has forgiven us and the more we realize how lost we were, the more we can love him and worship him as he should be adored. God bless you. That's my message.